allowed it to happen this time. You know, and it's bad. This is completely translated, something like that. Allowed it to happen. God created grief in order for us to get closer to Him or whatever God it is that they serve, whatever higher power it is that we serve. Because I do believe that even God, the word God is so small that you cannot comprehend the, the totality of his power or her power or their power. I believe that God is both feminine and masculine. I believe that God has no beginning, no end, no right religion, no left religion. I believe that God speaks all languages. I think that what God created grief to do is to be able to give us a straight path to him or her or them. I believe that we were created to lean on our divine what we understand is to be our healer, our supreme being. I believe grief was created to give us direct pathway because there are some things that you're going to go through that even, you know what I'm saying, as your brother, cousin, whatever, I can't help you with. And that nobody on this earth going to help you with, which is going to make you go directly to the source. Right? Grief was created as a pathway, as a conversation between you and your own creator. That's all I got. Literally, that's all I got. Because nobody else is going to understand how you deal with it, how you still get up, how you still function, how you still move, how you still stay you know what I'm saying? In a state that you're in while still functioning in this. And then you said it again in our other podcast before. What you said was it becomes a companion. It becomes a teaching tool. But 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 the short answer, grief was created as a direct pathway to your creator, to God. Because if we pay attention to the Bible, if we're going to go that route, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe it in him shall have everlasting life. Bet. Okay, let's back forward. Jesus sat at the Garden of Gethsemane praying when all his disciples all his boys he called boys was sleep he said god i man look i don't want this cup but it should if this cup shall come to me i don't want it but let it pass not your will not my will but let your will be done and he came off the mountain he woke these other negroes up and then at the end of the day he was turned over for 30 pieces of silver Grief. Grief. He was grieving. Even as he was alive, he was grieving. And then they put him on a cross. He looked down. As he was still hanging. Yo, who your mother, who your father? Stop it. Matter of fact, he even sat at the table. At the Last Supper and told them who gonna deny him. They like, no, not me. Man, Peter, even as a cock before the cock show crow, you're gonna deny me three times. What? Grief. And Peter was shocked. He was like, what? That's what I'm trying to explain to you. Grief. Gee, I've been with you, man. I've been Gee, rocking with you. Right. Man. Right. It's so, not even in my heart right now. Exactly, but what what happens is your hearts get your heart gets tested on a human plane when everything else that you love is sacrificed, 
Even Peter was grieving. That's the moment I feel like Peter started to grieve. So he heard that last quote. See, think about it. Yep. See, see, grief was created to be this one language between you and your own creator. That's what I believe. If I could just add to that, I would also say that it was also created to give us a greater appreciation for him. There you go. Just, just, uh, I can look at my own life, I can see on the tab, I can actually because now you go in Hebrews 111 faith is the substance of things hoped for yet the evidence of things unseen see he already gave you the evidence and you sitting here with the things hoped for come on hey man I didn't want to go there this like I didn't think we go. I, I, I'm just saying, I didn't think we was going to go there tonight, but that's true. Uh, when you look back over your life, that's the evidence. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if you look back on the evidence and you're hoping for, come on, man, then what's going to happen? It's going to come to pass. Because truthfully, it's the it, faith is the substance. That means that you took you took weight in what he already did for you, and you found yourself in a situation. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but you look back and took substance, and you continue, meaning you hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Yet the evidence of things unseen because faith is what? You walk it. It's not by sight. Yo, this is crazy, right? Exactly. Faith without works is what? Exactly. Exactly. So we just summed up like six scriptures in one conversation. Like, that's crazy, but it's true. 
And, you know, and me sitting there in a movie theater with my son and he hugging on me and eating popcorn and watching Angry Birds and he laughing like, hey, dad, dad, this is the Angry Bird. And I couldn't have imagined this. It's not that I didn't want it. And sometimes it comes in a package that I didn't ask for. But I got to be there with his mom and us together because I didn't want to single her out. I wanted her to enjoy the moment. And then when I came back home, she had called me. She was like, he had tears in his eyes when you left. If that's not a if that's not a father's impact, if that's not a father's joy. And yet, still, I grieved in the moment because I had to leave him. I could not imagine the everlasting grief of walking away from him forever. But yet, I still have to have faith. Yeah. But I didn't want to tell her I had tears in my eyes too. my point right so like this is why i say grieving is a conversation or a direct line to you and, and god because nobody else gets to understand what you're going through you can verbalize or you can try but the truth is what's being said sometimes can be lost in translation but that spiritual emotion of grieving if you allow it is also still a form of worship dang now you're gonna have me go down part <laughs> well look at it this way too you can look at it as and you know i don't want to put my own perspective out there because you can look at it as me or i think that it gives God, uh, it gives us an opportunity to know that God's, God's arms is, are always open to us. Mm. Or, in other words, His grace is so sufficient. It's always. It's sufficient. Exactly. So, um, when we find ourselves in those down places, that's God's opportunity. Because, uh, like I said, we, when we put our Superman cape on and we're doing, we doing good, we ain't thinking about God. No. <laughs> we ain't thinking about all our needs and Father. We ain't praying like that. No. So, I mean, don't really, uh, I think when, when God say, uh, don't despise humble beginnings, because uh, a lot of times we get discouraged. And I, and I started points or hard times, but those are God's opportunities to communicate with us. Let us know, hey, come on, I'm still here. I ain't left you. I'm in this fight with you. Yeah, uh, I, I know you're going through. You're hurt, but uh, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm gonna be in the in the in the furnace with you, as you said at the last. Uh, uh, session we had. Oh, right. I did say that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I felt that, you know, because, uh, yeah, a lot of times, you know, you can't really feel God in the furnace, but in his word, you know, and his word never turned back forward. He said he'll never leave us or forsake us. He also said that uh, neither height nor death nor principalities nor things uh, present or things to come. Be able to take us out of the palm of his hand. Mm -hmm. So we in good hands. 
Right? Yeah. So, um, God, I mean, in his word, he's always motivating us to keep moving forward. Like you say, J.K.L., right? Yep, J.K.L., just keep living. Yep. And not only that, he has two promises for us. What are his two promises? Um, he'll never leave us over a second. Hmm. Uh, say that, uh, My two promises uh, are you a yes and amen. Yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yes and amen. So even the negative things that happen to you, you know, it's so funny because when I posted on my birthday, you know, I, I gave acknowledgement to the people who, you know, supported me. And then I also acknowledged the people who meant it for harm. I said, because for all these things, it worked together for my good. Mm-hmm. His promises are yes and amen. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Doesn't matter what you're facing. Doesn't matter to your giant or mountain that you're trying to move or some sea that you're trying to cross running from enemies. His promises are always yes and amen. Gotcha. But the issue is we get it watered down because we hear other people or we hear the grumblings of like the damn bro, you really finna take me here? But okay, cool. We hear the the people and, and, and Exodus when they got across the sea and he said, I'ma rain manna down every day so y'all ain't starving and y'all ain't doing nothing. But then once they hit that little bump, they like, okay, cool. I'ma send these couple people up to go over across to your land of milk and honey. And it's only two that said we got it. The rest of them was like, nah, it's too much. They giants. What? If God be for us, then who be against us? Bet. Y'all grumbling. Then they like, well, we could have stayed in Egypt for that. Wait a minute. Hold up. My question is, I know that it don't look like what you thought it would be over on here on this other side. I know it don't look like what you imagine. I know that this isn't this whole grand relationship or this grand marriage or this grand job. But can you remember when you were there? When you prayed and you was like, okay, God, even if you were just playing, God, I don't want to go to this job no more. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And when you got delivered from that, you're still grumbling? I bet. Now you're going to take the long way around. And half of y'all not going to make it. But I will tell you, like I told Caleb, at 80, you are strong now as you were then. I am God. I will give you a second wind. It doesn't matter your age getting to the mountaintop. He, Donald Lawrence has this song called Second Wind, and I was so at New Life when he came there and he did it live on one of my birthdays when I was going to grad school. I needed it. He sung it like, he's like, look, this song ain't even came out. Oh, okay, what? You know, and he, the lyrics spoke of a second wind. You can go through grief. You can go through trials. You're going to go through tribulations. But I don't need you to grumble like those people at the Exodus because I, I promise you they're going to die. And you're going to be old. And they're going to look at you. Why are you still here? And God is going to say. I give you a second wind. And that touched me. man. I was like. Yep. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. 
I'm not supposed to be this 30-year-old talking to these teenagers. I'm supposed to be in my 40s, what they call an OG. They call me um. I respect that now. It's a privilege denied to many, and they don't know what came with it. And so for you, you're going to be able to minister to grief. You're going to be able to speak life into dry bones because you're a living example of it. But nobody had to tell you how this feels. You really going to step in a room and identify who's going through this and they're going to be your mission. And the way, some of the times, the way that the enemy comes to cancel that is to give you doubt. But God already says, because I made, I brought you through it, I'm going to bring you to it. That all of our afflictions, even me being a, a therapist, a mentor, and a psych social worker, I'd be like, dead. But then I remember days when I was depressed, when I didn't have nobody to come to. I remember days when I was going through what I was going through from literally from 11 years old all the way up. I didn't have a lot of people there. My parents took me to therapist, but this white guy not going to understand. So I shut down. I ain't say nothing. But what I didn't know is they were laying the seeds of me becoming who I am now. I didn't know. Now, if I had to head on to the anger, head on to the disappointment, head on to the grief, I wouldn't be here serving the people that I serve and, you know, mentoring the youth that I mentor. I wouldn't be here, man. My Your destiny, our destiny is connected to somebody else. So if we fail, they fail. And sometimes it ain't family. So if you fail, whoever's connected to you fails. So we, that's why we got a JKL. And we got to know it's by faith and not by sight. That's why I say grief. Um... Is our direct connection to our divine. But you said it better in our earlier conversations. Grief is our companion. Let it teach us. And then who better than you to know that though? Who better than you to know that? Yeah, I was just going to say that just, um, not like a revelation or nothing like that. That's more of an observation, you know, because I've been running from this thing uh, for a long time. And it's like, <laughs> it ain't going nowhere, fam. It's not. It's, it's going to be there. Yeah. yeah. So, at the end of the day, if I don't make this thing my companion and then like, that God deal with it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm going to be running for a long time. Yeah. So, you know. Exactly. I'm reserved right now um, to grieve how God allows me to grieve. You know, I need to cry then. That's what I need to do. But that's why you got brothers like me to create that safe space. If that's what you need, call me, bro. We good. That's my point. I agree with you. Do whatever you need to do. But what we one thing we gonna do is JKL. We definitely gonna do that. 
Right. But you don't understand that since 2020, a real harsh statistic, black male suicide rates have increased over 70%. Exactly. But the only way... I believe that there is a generation that's coming behind us. Guess what? It's it's connected to you, though. It's connected to you, though. It's based on how you handle it. It can't be? Yeah. No, ain't no can. It is. It's based on the way that you handle your grief the way that you express your story, they get to handle it. Now they can put words to it because sometimes they just don't have words. One of my first friend's death was him playing Russian roulette with one of his friends. I was about 12. And I found out that's what happened. They were playing life and death because they felt like they had nothing to live for. So based on how you handle your grief, somebody's going to look at it differently. I'm telling you, you are assigned. You were created for such a time as this. Don't always feel easy. Don't always feel like you're worthy. Doesn't always feel like you want the spotlight. But the truth is, it's yours. It's yours. Gotta know that you were created for such a time as this out of all the sales that could have made it and, and, and created anybody you were created and you are created to deal with the life that you've been given and blessed with so it's up to us to do the best we can do to create this moment and this environment That anybody who's connected to us gets it. That's why I always tell people, I'm not coming into your storm. I would rather pull you into my peace. If not, well, peace be still. Done. They be like, John, you so zen. You don't know how much war I had to get to go through to get to this peaceful state. You think it came easy, but it didn't. It did not come this easy. But I'm here now. So, again, in the words of Bruce Lee, I would rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener at war. Just saying. I know how to turn my hoe into a weapon. I know how to turn my little snipper, whatever I'm doing. That's a weapon. I'm nurturing, I'm pruning, but I cut you off in a heartbeat if I need to. And that's where we're at right now. We gotta be able to turn those weapons of war into peace. We got to prune our garden. We got to be faithful over the few so we can multiply. And sometimes grief is a gift. We don't want to look at it like that. But if we garden it well, 
Just like planting a couple seeds of one thing, it's multiplied if you plant it on fertile ground. Sometimes it gives us discernment. Sometimes it gives us a little ease of heart. Sometimes it gives us more empathy. Sometimes it gives us less judgment. Because we know, like, I walk past and I go past a lot of these homeless guys and I look before I judge them. But by the grace of God, could have been me. And it still can't be me. I don't take that lightly. No doubt about it. Exactly. It just gives you these open eyes. So, yeah, man, like, it's just, hmm, I've been grateful. Like, even when I told my boss I'm not coming in Monday, I didn't know I was going to spend a whole day chilling and relaxing with my son and my son's mother. I didn't know I was going to be chilling like that. I just said I'm not coming in on the day after my birthday. I just declared it. And then God said, okay, I got you. Here go your birthday present. Me and my boy, because he just focused on the TV. I'm like, hey, take this picture with me. He now nah, I'm I'm looking at the I'm, I'm looking at the screen because music come on. And so we watching sing two that night, and then we woke up and chilled out, and then mama came back from her business meeting, and then we ended up just all of us going to see. A movie. And then, the funny thing is, the boy three years old, man. So we go up to the counter, and I said, I know you want popcorn. What you want? I said, tell him what you want. He said, hey, can I have a yellow popcorn, but I want the yellow butter on my popcorn? I said, wait a minute. How old are you? He was like, daddy, I like the yellow butter. I said, oh, cool. Okay. Cool, whatever you want today, bro. It's your day. You know what he wants. That's what I said. I said, you want anything else? You want candy? You want nope? Oh, wow. And he ordered. I let him order. And I just looking in amazement. This is what I created. Like, wow. Like, okay. <laughs> he's three years old. Like, he's about as big as a five-year-old, but he's three years old. So I'm thinking, like, all right, he's just going to ask for some. No, he's he was specific. And he said, thank you. He said, thank you, and all of that. So like, oh, wait a minute. Kid, where you come from? Right, right. ain't no baby no more. Right, I'm... It's real out here, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, I bet. So got him his popcorn. We chilling, and that's it. That's all. You know, his mama just looking in amazement. Like, okay, they go his daddy and son chilling, vibing. And I just, I just thought that was, for me, I just thought that was a highlight of my weekend. Like, we just chilling. He watched the whole movie and was cool. I'm like, dang. He ain't got to get up, go to the bathroom or nothing. He like, nah, I'm good. Oh, okay. You know? And, and 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 those are the small things that we begin to appreciate. Um, and grief is just a companion. Because at times I wish my grandfather was here to see me become the man that I've become. But I know he there watching. I know he like, yep, there, there you go. You accept that responsibility. Sometimes you go above and beyond. It's cool. 
you know, that even with my first son where I didn't have the strongest relationship that I wanted with him, we're developing it now, but it didn't stop me even before the second one for me to, you know, get into a relationship and still be a father figure to those. Yeah, and they still look up to me to this day. And so we, yeah, but that's the thing. We got to understand that Greek comes to teach us, teaches us. And sometimes we like, why? I don't want this. Jesus said it too. But then he also said, not my will, let your will be done. Sometimes we got to resolve. Yeah, I don't want it. But let your will be done. That's what it is, man. I can't, I can't, you know. But I think that a lot of times with grief is that people don't have a hard time with grief itself. They have a hard time with the stages of grief. And a lot of the stages of grief, we go through anger, bargaining, um, depression, uh, one other thing, and then there's acceptance. And we go through those cycles, right? But if those cycles persist for a little too long, um, then we call it clinical depression or a major depressive episode because grief is meant for you to continue to go through those cycles not be stuck Mm -hmm. and that's just from a mental health perspective I think the um, if it's meant to go through why do um, it feel like it's a continuing thing? Right. It's going through means that you start at a point, mm-hmm. you get to from point A to point wherever the end is, and then you go through. But it don't, it don't feel like that. It feels like it's a continual cycle. Like, you can, you can either say you don't have uh, had an acceptance, you've had an epiphany, and you've accepted something. Mm-hmm. But it's like, um, then you relapse, and then you start back off, and you at the beginning again. Yeah. You're right. Um, that's exactly what it is. So the point is, um, oftentimes we get stuck in a phase called bargaining. Um, oftentimes it's either, um, you know, denial, bargaining, or depression. Those are oftentimes the three stages that we get stuck in. And, you know, something triggers us and then we say, well, what if I would have done this and this thing would have never happened? And we play in our mind alternative stories versus living the reality of what it is. And once we get triggered in that moment, we begin to replay doubt and frames and man I should have done this different I should have done that okay bet now number one you're in denial number two you're bargaining you're trying to figure out how I could have done something different and it becomes denial versus bargaining and you stop accepting the reality because you think that something that's you think that's something that you could have did would have prevented this. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, the noun is a major um, hindrance as far as uh, going through different stages in grief. Because I've got stuck in, in the noun many days and bargaining and trying to figure out, you know, what. You know, I could have did or did I do enough or whatever the case may be. Um, but the reality is, um, for me, uh, I need to get to a point where I, I'm on, whether I got all the answers or not, I got to be okay with where I am right now because it's the reality. The reality is that my son ain't coming back. I don't care how long I wait outside. Yeah. He ain't ever coming back, bro. I know. That's the truth. And that's, um, that's the hard part, right? So that acceptance sometimes triggers the stages. Um, But again, it also is the direct line to you and God. Because honestly, nobody else understands what you're going through but God. You can explain it to me. You can explain it to a therapist. You can explain it to your wife. But at the end of the day, that's that Yolanda Adams song that people don't understand. Alone in a room, it's just me and you. nobody else gets it. And I need to talk to you. To ask you for your guidance. That part. That's the whole. Almost a psalm. That's literally a psalm. Especially today. When my heart. So I need to talk to you. Right? And when I heard that, I heard that song, literally, it's funny, I was in job court years ago. But I was such in a dark space and I didn't know. But I woke up and I heard the song playing. And if I could say that she verbalized or vocalized everything that I wanted to say, that was it. And I can't tell you how everything's going to play out. I can't tell you um, how the reward is going to give you. Because I don't know your struggle. I don't know. But I know that if I close myself off, then I don't open up my heart for your guidance. And she says... My hopes and dreams are fading fast. I'm all burned out. And I don't think my strength's gonna last. So I need to talk to you and ask you for your guidance. Especially today, when my life is so cloudy. Guide me until I'm sure I open up my heart. So, show me how to do things your way, don't let me make the same mistakes over and over again. Your will be done, and I'll be the one to make sure it's carried out. And in me, I don't want any doubt. That's why I need to talk to you. 
and ask you for your guidance, especially today. When my life is a little bit cloudy, guide me until I'm sure. And I open up my heart. And the thing that we've been talking about is asking for guidance. The thing that the consistent thing that we've been talking about is faith and unsure. Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. And I know that there's somebody for real struggling with that same thing. But if we don't show them how to get through it, how would they? How? This is a fraternity that I don't want to be a part of. But again, not my will, let your will be done. I don't want to be the dad that lost his son, but I get it. But not my will, let your will be done. And then that I will turn my pain into purpose because I'm going to JKL it regardless. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Nobody told you it was going to be easy. It's just your cross to bear, man. Everybody got their own cross to bear. Mine is mental. Yours is grieving. Other men have other things. But guess what? We got to JKL it. got to. That's my point. We got to. We don't have a choice. We don't ask for this. And I got to suck up my pain, suck up my issues, and still serve too. Because there's still somebody connected to us. And honestly, that's all I got. Like, there's no magic way through it. Grief is just your direct connection to God. Because nobody else going to get it. But in order to do so, you got a JKL. You have to. Because that's where we at. JKL. I think that uh, we covered what we could cover for today. That's dope. I'm, I'm going to, uh, I think we need to hit it here, bro. We and, do. Uh, see where this thing goes, man. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a good episode, though. Mm-hmm. Very emotional, very uh, intense, even a little bit. Yeah. But it was uh, necessary, you know. Um, I just my my prayer is that somebody that's going through something, I'm uh, not what it is. I don't want to say one of my thing because pain is universal. Mm-hmm. One thing that will supersede language barriers and everything is pain. Thanks. Um, also, love, though. Yeah. I want to share that with you, too. Mm-hmm. Love will transfer through language barriers and everything. And we'll talk about that another, in another episode. Right. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't want to pray for it. Uh, our youth that they won't be prepared for anything like that but I just want to cry out to God and I just want to let them let him know um, 
Not that we concern of anything. But I want you to be aware that we are aware that we need this next generation uh, to understand their purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, we need uh, this generation to fight for their purpose. We need this generation to have foresight, not just vision for the present or what they've been through, but to be able to have sight beyond sight that they're sitting on. The old cartoon Thundercats. That's a, uh, when you have foresight, you can see past your pain. You have foresight, you can see past where you went right now into your future. And then, after that, achieve it. So, God, give our youth vision, give them the ability to write that vision, make it plain, and then give them the muscle, not the physical muscle, but the spiritual, mental, and physical muscle to achieve those things in Jesus' name. Put the right support system on a lot of people, like youth, our lost ones, those that don't even know you, uh, or even aware of your presence. I pray you be strong in their life. I pray that you um, give them the ability to overcome depression, give them the ability to overcome fear, give them the ability to overcome. Uh, what they lack because if it was all about what we lack all have limitations but with God we can do all things you said mm. you said in your word that when the enemy comes out like a flood you would lift up a standard in men and women so I pray you lift up a standard in your people I know that we're hurting I know that we feel a certain type of way I know that even some of us are angry with you <laughs> but you're the only true father that understands uh, our anger, our frustration, our pain, because you've been there. Mm -hmm. So be strong in us, God. Be strong in us, God. I'm, I keep saying it until I receive it for myself. Be strong in us, God. Be strong in our children, Lord. Be strong in our parents. Be strong in our relationships. Be strong in our community. Be yes, strong God. and be unified, Father, right now, Father. Be yes, strong. God. Because we need you, man. Yes, and I'm, I know you know that we need you, but I'm going to cry right now and say, uh, I know that I need you. Yes, God. Um, and I trust you. And I appreciate you. And I lift you up, Father, and I honor you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, you told us that you would leave the 99. To get to one. And there are one of a dozen, a millions, looking for you. That they lost only because they don't know you. But I want to be able to serve a demand that they will be able to have a conviction to at least recognize you and the messengers that he sent to come get them. That their pain is not the worst thing that's ever happened to them. That their mistakes, even while they're sitting in Cook County or any prison across America, that their mistakes are not the worst thing that they've done. That they're still gold, they're still gifts, they're still purpose for your kingdom. I don't even ask, I put a demand. On them to see you for who you truly are, even in their present condition, because there was a prayer and a service that unlocked gates 
for those righteous people who are locked up. According to your word. So I not only put a demand on them. I expect you to show up the way that you're supposed to show up. In their life in a way that they didn't know that a father would. Even if they've never known their father. I hope. Pray. That they get to see. The light of happiness. And joy. Before they pass in this life. Because they deserve it. Because you said us. You said to us that what your promises were. But you also put demands on us too. So I ask that you honor that promise. And touch the one. Those ones. That you promised that you will go after. Because they need you more than ever right now. All these things I ask in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Yo. Maybe to another one, cousin. Yeah, I'm looking like I, I still be going deep. We be just, <laughs> we just be like, you know what? We just gonna go. Amen. That's all good, man. Yeah, we just gonna it's go. Good. I'm still trying to figure out what we're going to call this episode because there was so much to unpack. That was, that was, uh, that was untitled, man. But yeah. I think that, uh, that's all we need to do. That's all we need to do. Perfect. Done deal. That's dope. I mean, you said it. I'm going to repeat it. <laughs> okay. That's cool. I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. Yes, sir. I'm with it. And I think that I hope that, you know, even cats in a barbershop will play this or just have a conversation and open up the door. You know, just, you know, sometimes it ain't they words. Sometimes they just in their presence because they feel safe and they just cue our podcast on. Wow. And just let us talk while they do the hair. Yeah. And I want the mothers there listening. I want the fathers that are listening like, wow. That my goal is just for us to be able to reach somebody without the pressure of saying, okay, well, I got to go get a therapist. Well, we know you do, and we also know that sometimes funds are limited, but man, let us be the intercessor. <laughs> I know it's a big responsibility, but hey. I'm trained and I'm built for it. Come on, bro. So let's go. We were created for such a time as this. Let's go. Appreciate it. So.